Welcome everybody to Nutty Buddy Sports. In today's episode, me and Luke will talk about the Atlanta Hawks, the Clippers, and preview the NBA Finals. That's all coming right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. I'm here with Luke again, and we're going to do our finals previews. But before we do the final pre finals preview, uh, we're going to talk about the two teams that are no longer in the finals. Luke, how's it going? Life is awful. Everything sucks. <laughs> the world is a ter- terrible place to be. And um, yeah, it's all it's all awful. Every, everything. <laughs> everything is bad. That's all I got to say. Sorry. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, Luke is a big Paul George fan. And although his boy showed up very valiantly, um, they didn't quite have enough to get to the finals. And we live in Wisconsin. So he was mere two games away from his dreams of seeing Paul George in the finals, possibly in person uh, no definitely in person it sounded like definitely, he would have definitely definitely, definitely in, in person. person so this is why this is why luke is single and has fun saved up to to blow on potential nba finals appearances uh where tickets are outrageously priced that's what i would that's why i have that's why i live the life i do to <laughs> money in those spots and let me just say that I don't think there was ever there. I think the window was shut on Paul George potentially being finals MVP as soon as those Pacers teams did not beat the Heatles. Yeah. Uh, as they like, as they're so-called, that would be the first time, by the way, I've ever said that in my life. That's just what came into my head right there. I saw it on TV the other day. I heard them say it that way. Um, but I think, I think that window had been firmly sh- just shut and closed. And there was a window there where my guy could have potentially Actually, there's a very good chance they make the finals that like he could have been a finals MVP, which would have been perhaps the the greatest the greatest single accomplishment of my fandom in my entire life, which again, I have nothing to do with what happens, but it would have been the greatest thing that ever would have happened to me sports wise, I think. So that's too bad. That is it's too bad. Sorry. I'm Before sorry. we get before we get into Clippers talk, we will. I, w- I wanted to first talk about the Atlanta Hawks because they were the team that was eliminated by the Milwaukee Bucks in six games. Um, any any takeaways uh, with the Hawks, uh, Luke? And- My first takeaway is that I think it sounds like a a a made up like something you'd see in like a, like a, like a comedy movie or some sort of like a, like a, like a, or like a TV show where they're making like a joke about how a team's best player was injured by a referee. I just, yeah. I, it's just, it's unreal. I, I, I get how the guy, nothing. It was just one of those fluke things. I get, I'm not saying there's any blame to go around. It's just, I mean, seriously describe to someone what happened in this series. Well, you see the Hawks best player got injured for the rest of the series because he stepped on the referee. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> that wasn't fair well that sounds fake yeah that didn't really happen like oh no that's that's what happened but um it's i feel like atlanta is they're one of those teams they feel like the raptors 
a little bit. And I know the Raptors were able to win with Kawhi Leonard and people want to look at that and say, well, it wasn't just Kawhi. Kawhi's the reason they won. Right. And there were a bunch of injuries to the Warriors that also helped the Raptors win that, again, no one really remembers that stuff, it seems like. I think they might remember this year with the, with the injuries, but people like to, you know, kind of gloss over the fact, well, Kawhi won the Raptor, won, won the title for the Raptors single-handedly. Like, yeah, but I believe that Golden State team was two stars down by the time they, they won that championship. So it was similar where I don't think the Hawks would have been I, I want to give them more credit than that, but it kind of it kind of feels like it took a very specific scenario for them to get to the to the conference finals. I don't. It, I wouldn't. I would, let's put it this way: as much as I like Trey Young's game, because I think he's amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's fantastic. I wish he didn't try to draw fouls like that. Hopefully, the NBA gets rid of that next year, and there's just nothing we ever remember about him. Um, I just feel like it's going to be very hard for them to get back to this point anytime soon even i just yeah i i wouldn't if, it, if you were to pick if going in next year ryan who would you take where would you where would you see the hawks being like going into like the seating would you take them in the top three like i wouldn't i don't tr- i don't trust them to be there no because because you have the nets still the bucks and the 76ers who you, you think if they keep Ben Simmons, they've shown that throughout a season, they can be in a top three. And if they trade Ben Simmons, they're going to get somebody solid. You would imagine. Um, what, what I think they kind of remind me of the, the Atlanta Hawks with uh, Joe Johnson and Al Horford and, and Josh Smith, you know, you remember the, the Hawks back in the day when everyone thought that they were going to beat the heat and they could Milwaukee not- buck Jeff Teague. Yeah, that's, legend. that's right. Yeah. And they were like really good team and they were deep, but they couldn't ever make like a real, real run in the playoffs. It kind of reminds me of the, like, isn't, would you say that the Hawks are built like that? They, they're like a 10 man deep rotation almost, but all their guys are like really good players, but they're not like, other than Trey, they're not great players. Yeah. It, it, it feels like this was, if they were going to win it, this was going to be the year. Right. Like that's, exactly. that's one of those, it's one of those scenarios where you don't foresee, of course, every year is crazy though. It sort of, <laughs> it sort of seems like every year is crazy now. So yeah. it's, it's not, it's not like this can't happen again. It's just, if you play the season, the playoffs out a hundred times, just by the averages and see what happens. Like if you were to simulate it on 2k or something like that, and here's all the possibilities, this was, probably the Hawks best chance mm-hmm. I mean come on Giannis goes down right that was they were there were two games they were they, they lost in six as well right so there, yeah. there were two games from from the NBA finals with no Giannis yeah if you had told Atlanta you guys will be in the conference finals this year and you will be tied at two playing the Bucks and Giannis will be out I bet you they would have taken not just kind of taken that, but they would have been beyond ecstatic and they would be like, we got this, you know? Yep. So I agree. The fact that they still didn't win in that scenario, I get the tray was banged up as well, but it kind of makes you think that it's, it's going to take quite a bit for them to get back to this point. Yeah. And Hunter being out hurt them too, because that was a defensive presence that they missed, I think, especially when Middleton got going. But um, I was thinking like for the off season for them, 
the one thing that I could see them doing is like packaging up like three of their players to get a star. Um, I, I can't get this out of my head, but Jalen Brown, for instance, from the Celtics, and I know it, it would be hard to get him, but if you if you put like John Collins, Herder, and uh, Hunter in a trade, would the Celtics like immediately say no to that? Because the part part of the Celtics' problems is they don't they don't got enough height, but they also need depth, you know. Um, so I don't know. I was just thinking about that the other day. Like putting Jalen next to Trey Young would be a perfect fit because Jalen is a defensive guard, six you know six seven whatever he is. And I'm bad with trade. hypothetical trades. Um, You'd have to make is, the money work. That's that's right. The like it's, it just seems like it's such a hassle to try to figure out how that would. All that stuff would work. So I, I, I don't genuinely spend much time worrying about that kind of stuff just when it comes to my team. I just, I, I, I'm never too concerned about that. But in theory, yeah. I mean, the, what the Hawks were missing was once Trey Young went down, they need, they could have used another, another actual, I mean, it's, 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 you could point at Cam Reddish and say if Cam Reddish was developed, that's yeah. their guy, right? They right, don't even need right. it. So, the thing that I get, get a kick out of is that these these outlets and people online and all this, they, they absolutely trash my guy, Paul George. And then they say, well, Cam Reddish could be Paul George one day. It's like, okay, well, so you're saying he could be really good. You just said he was garbage all. Because we see how bad he's been. And now, man, if, if Cam Reddish could just be as good as Paul George. Oh, so, to, so you do think he's really good, actually. You guys are just being dumb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, though, just to get back to the house, because we're going to talk about Paul George in like a minute here. But um, I, I just think with the Hawks, if they can package up some of their assets and get just a star player, or a team that's lacking depth that could use it. Obviously, you got to get the money to work. But I think that would be a solid trade for both teams, especially like if you can get Hunter or Reddish, because you're basically developing that young player to become Jalen Brown, hopefully soon, you know, so you, but it, it's the money that you got to get to work. But anyway, that that's all I was going to say. Hawks though, a wonderful season. Like you said, you, they take that scenario 10 out of 10 times. It's unfortunate that Trey young got hurt the way he did. And you could see in the last game, like, you know, it's so funny because like with Donovan Mitchell or some of these other star players who get hurt and they're like, Oh, look at, and then they're putting up these numbers and you're just like, but they don't always look hurt. You know, Trey young, that last game he played, he looked hurt. He looked like he shouldn't have been on the court to me. He, he was trying, I give him effort, but you wonder if some of that actually hurt his team more than helped it. But yeah, I valiant effort, but yeah, it's, it's, Correct. And it's, it's rough. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell was, was wounded and he's dropping 40 and he's still getting to the rim. Now he was, it was also obvious that he was not as explosive as he normally is. Don't get me wrong. Um, Mitchell was an absolute stud and he is an absolute stud. And I think I enjoy watching him more than just about anyone else in the league. That's not on my team. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but I really like watching Mitchell play. Trey young is right there. Right. That guy is, that guy is insane. He is super fun to watch. The fact that he's got that floater that everyone is just now catching on. They're like, Oh, I think you need to have that floater. Like you've needed that floater for years, especially mm-hmm. if you're undersized, but that's a shot that, I mean, James Harden, that's kind of what separated him yeah. is that he can get to the, to the glass, but he doesn't have to, he can just put it over the front of the rim. And that's, 
that's what made him unguardable. You can take away one thing, but if he can put a floater up from 10 feet and in, or he can go to the other hand and put it off the glass and also draw those fouls, well, then you, he's unstoppable. How do you think he averaged 36, 38 a game or whatever it was that one year? It was, he had the ball all the time, but it's because you can't, that floater, the way the game is officiated, you can't defend that because once they get around the corner on the screen, the defender is chasing you. He can't get close enough to you to defend that shot right. or to foul. So, yeah. so if you have that, if you have that floater, there's there's nothing you can do to defend it. And if and so if you make that, I mean, and Trey Young, it's just I did not see this coming. Him him becoming a guy who was efficient and seemingly makes the right basketball play with all the shots, which is super cool. So it's too bad he got hurt. I'm bummed. I'm bummed about that. I would have liked to have seen, I wanted the Bucks to win, but I wanted Giannis to go on Giannis's team to go against Trey's team. And what I got right. was, what I got was John Collins versus Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday, which is fine. And I think the, the Hawks were probably a Chris Middleton like guy from possibly being in the finals. So I think, I think Boban could Boban, right? Like he could have been that guy, but he was, Bo, he Bo was done. Is it Bo Bo Don? Don. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I thought Bo, he could have been, we, we played Bo, Boban. Boban can dunk without jumping. Right. Pretty I cool. meant Bo, Bodon, right? <laughs> how, how could you possibly get that screwed up? That's I don't know. <laughs> One of the bows. I just, I thought he could be that guy. He showed flashes. I think he was coming off that injury though. So it was hard for him because he injured his knee in the last series, I think. So it was hard for him to, they got the best out of him that they could. So I'm interested to see the Hawks moving forward. Let's talk about the clips. The other team that was eliminated valiant effort by your team. It was great. Paul George uh, play. He played amazing. Reggie Jackson as a Detroit Piston fan has won me over. Uh, Like, if if Detroit would announce next week that they sign Reggie Jackson uh, to like a twenty million dollar deal for three years, you know, or whatever it is, you know, 20, 20 year, I would not be mad. Let's just put it that way. Um, how are you feeling about your team right now, uh, Luke, and the series in general that they lost? I'm proud of my guys. I'm proud of I'm proud of my guy PG. I know he missed those two free throws, which was rather unfortunate. However, he played like 19 games in 39 days because the NBA doesn't know how to schedule worth a dang, which is rather unfortunate. Um, and he made the three shots at the, I think it was five straight plays in a row to get the lead and to have put him in that spot. So the fact that those two missed free throws and then the complete mental breakdown by Zubox allowing Aiton to get a free ride to the rim. I know he had him by the jersey, but he never should have been out behind he should have been behind him. He shouldn't even should have been a spot where you could get him to the rim. Anyways, it was just, yeah. I mean, okay. So Paul missed two free throws. These are NBA basketball players. I don't think it's expecting too much to be like, Hey, stand in the right spot and don't give him an alley-oop to the rim. You're an NBA How about DeMarcus player. Cousins? Like he was standing hey, in the wrong spot. You're an NBA too. basketball player. Don't give him the wide open right. shot, lob to the rim. Maybe let him pass it to the baseline and have make a turnaround crazy jump shot. If you lose on that. Anyways, I know that he PG's taken the, the, he took the shots for that one, but man, he played good. He was so good the whole postseason, um, and the the fact that there, I mean, Kawhi Leonard went down. He's a top five player in the league. If you want to be just generous with the top five, I think I would take him top three. 
mm-hmm. and they go take Kawhi. Um, but to, to lose him, still beat the Utah Jazz in Utah when that it was, Paul George was so good in that game. And then for Terrence Mann to step up at home when, when they, and, and Paul made a bunch of big shots in the fourth of that one, to do that, to go to Utah and face, I know Chris Paul was out at the start, but campaign with the, the Suns offense was actually better without Chris Paul those first two games. Um, to have a chance in those, to fight back, to put it to 3-2. Paul to go, he went 15-20 in that game. I mean, it was just, it was, it was pretty much everything I could have asked for from my guy for how bad last year went in the playoffs. And, and it wasn't even the whole playoffs last year. It was just how bad it went. It felt like last season when the going got tough, the team kept folding is how it felt. Right. I didn't even think Paul played that bad. I think just as a team, he was one of them who just looked defeated when the, the going got rough to completely turn a 180 on that this year. I mean, now you'd look at Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Terrence Mann. You look at these guys and you think those dudes are fighters. Those dudes don't give up when things don't aren't going the right way. They, they claw back. They, they won't, they don't give up. They're always willing. That's not the reputation any of them had. That's not the reputation the Clippers as a team had. So from that standpoint, I'm pretty happy with it. It's just to be two games from the finals without your best player and to have one of those losses be on a tip dunk alley-oop with less than a second left and to have the other loss be an 84 to 80 game where I think both teams shot like 10% in the fourth quarter where right. a, literally a made three could have made the difference and the ball goes out of bounds off of, I think that was campaign it went off mm-hmm. of and they didn't even review it and that would have been, do I think the rule is dumb? Yes. However, by rule, should have been our ball, should have been down one with the ball. So there's two games right there. We could have won. So that's pretty frustrating to think if you add Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. To, I mean, you have to expect you be in the finals, right? Right. The <laughs> other, not- the other rule that they have to change is um, when a team is down by three, the other team could just follow them to put them at the line to shoot two. It just takes like, think about how many moments in the NBA we would lose if teams would do that all the time. Like the, the, um, you know, clutch baskets. It's just like, I, I hate that rule. If you get followed outside the three point line, it should be a three point play in like the last minute or last two minutes. I'm not going to have any hot takes on that. I just, I, I, I understand it. I mean, how good was Paul intentionally missing those free throws that game though? Oh, it was great. He oh did a great goodness. job. He's really good at intentionally missing free throws. Wow. Yeah. Um, they easily could have, I mean, both of those could have been offensive rebounds and putbacks. I thought after you did it the first time, they would maybe not do it the second time because of how close it was the first time. Because that's mm-hmm. generally the, the the thing, because on those miss, you can actually lose in that scenario. <laughs> You're opening up the possibility that they make the first one, miss the second, get the board, kick it out, make a three, and you lost because you fouled. I actually thought the way he he missed the first time, they would be like, you know what? That was too close. That was a really good miss, um, but no, it didn't. It didn't work out. Anyways, it is what it is. It's too bad they they ran out of steam. Um, the the way the this I can't believe the Suns didn't go to Aiton more in Game Five. Aiton had his way when Zubox was not there to guard him, and there was some swarming defense. The Clippers played like they had their backs against the wall, but that doesn't mean that the Suns can't also play like that. And they just right. did. 
just didn't in game five at home. And then in game six, they clearly had the urgency that they were lacking in game five and the Clippers didn't have Zubox. The Bach has been out the whole off season. So they didn't have a center. And I think Aiden had 16 and 17 it was eight of 10 shooting. So it's, it's like, Oh, well, those are good numbers. No, it was, it was five offensive rebounds. Then other guys on the team were, it, it, they couldn't get a board. Yeah. They couldn't get a stop. And when it, when they finally cut it to eight, Chris Paul decided to get hot for the first time in this series, which was rather unfortunate for my Clippers, but bad timing. Um, yeah, it was, it was bad timing. It was terrible defense. And that, that first, Oh my goodness, the, the, the three that Chris Paul made to put it and put it back up to 11. And then he had the layup and the, 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 the three at the end was really tough, but there's just the, the complete mental breakdown made me think this team is exhausted. Yeah. I know I it was just Beverly that on that play, but that's a team that looked the whole game. They looked exhausted. They quite honestly, they looked defeated, which was frustrating because guys it's game six. Don't, don't call, but it's not, it was different than last year where it felt like they were kind of just folding in this game. It was like, they have nothing left in the tank. I mean, Paul George had played 130 minutes more than anyone with no rest. So yeah. it's right. It's like, so hey, run, run the team guard, the guard, guard well we need you to rebound because we don't have a center he's getting like 15 rebounds a game all of a sudden because there's no one else that can go get a board marcus morris has knee issues batum had a knee issue i guess terrence mann had an issue which is why he was playing less minutes and and so they're you're asking all these guys to do so much and the Suns are just somewhat basically healthy all things considered yeah it's just it, it caught up to him it caught yeah. up to him and it's it's too bad and yeah and that's by the way I feel like I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, but no, you're fine. I feel like I'm not giving the Suns any credit whatsoever that I'm just, I'm talking about my team only from my team's perspective. Props to the Suns. Yeah. Booker's very good at basketball. Dude's awesome. I feel like people have not given him any props over the years that said he was a complete tool to my guy PG this year. So I don't like him, but before that I would have told you, I liked him props to them. Jay Crowder made five threes props to him. Uh, Sarich went two for two from three and cousins didn't beat that beat him in the matchup. Like he did in game five props to him. I like bridges as far as what he brings to the team campaign is fantastic. Yeah. These guys are all, they're very good. They deserve to be there. They did everything they're supposed to do. That said they beat injured teams to get here. And it's just how it is. You got to stay healthy. And that's just, that's just how it works. And the sun stayed healthy and no one else they played did. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree uh, for the most. I'm going to give Chris Paul his props for the, the last game putting. Um, I, I just felt in moments when it seemed like the Clippers were getting momentum. You know, it seemed like he had an answer for him. Uh, but all in all, it was a team effort. Cam Johnson was missing that last game, but throughout the series, he was he made some timely baskets for the Suns. He's such a he's a great shooter i'm surprised he's not out there more because yeah, i never he, noticed him in the in the series i mean it turns out he was like 11 of 16 or something like that at one point in the series mm-hmm. but quite honestly i never noticed that i know he hit had one shot that hit the back of the rim shot straight up and fell in and i was like seriously who is that and then <laughs> it was cam johnson i thought well the other cam is the one that's been killing us he's but, he's he's he was hustling too because he had like two offensive rebounds i can't remember if it's game three or four but it was just like uh, that team is going, I think it's going to be a good team for a while. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that the, the, 
the story of this playoffs has ultimately been injuries and which team is the least injured. Even you can even make the argument for Milwaukee that way too. Like, even though they don't have the Vincenzo and they lost their best player, they were probably still healthier than the Hawks because the Hawks lost Trey young Hunter and, uh, Bo there, Bo Don or John or. He was still coming off an injury. So it, it's, it's interesting. Like it was almost like, this is the playoffs of like, who can, who can get to the end healthy and the Suns did it and they should get credit for it. But at the same time, we could sit there and be like, well, if Kawhi Leonard was healthy, this, this series probably ends in five, and it, it's probably no debate. Um, you can also make the argument that with the Lakers having another three days or four days or whatever for Anthony Davis, who knows? Right. Who knows, right? It's just it, – it's how it, it's how it works. Right. And, and that doesn't – you can't take that away from the Suns, but you also can't ignore it and act like it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. I mean, it's the same with Toronto, right? They won the championship without the th- two of the best three players on Golden State, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Uh, people still call them champions, right? They still they won. Were. Yeah, they were. Right. They were the champions, and I don't know if we've—I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but I've seen people saying there's an asterisk on this season or that season, and they're like, technically, there's there's asterisks on every season because yeah, that was my take, some- yeah. There's always, that was you. So yeah. awesome. That's I've seen, I've seen other people <laughs> saying that they're like, there's always things that happen in the playoffs. This happens every year. So yeah. the team that wins, it, I, I think if, if we always just took the best player in the, in the regular season and gave that guy a trophy, that, that, that's not the point of this. The point is things happen and it's a team game and you need, Terrence Mann to score 39 points in a game to advance to a round. You need that stuff. You, that, right. that stuff, ha- you have to have those things happen. And it's not just, if it was just to give it to the best guy, sure, LeBron would have this many trophies and Kobe would have this many and Tim Duncan would have this many. It's, just, it's There's things that happen in the playoffs. Guys get hurt. Coaches make bad decisions. You know, guys make guys to step up that normally don't. And the props to the Suns, they stayed healthy. So yep. The story needs to be told. That's my argument. It's like, hey, every story is unique. They need to be, it needs to be told, you know, and, you know, LeBron James fans, for instance, if we would just say, hey, yeah, one year LeBron beat the Warriors with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, it wouldn't grab the the 3-1 comeback, right? Like, you know, so you tell that story or, hey, the Mavericks beat the Miami Heat in 2011, right? Like, but when you like actually tell the story. So it's the same with this series, but congratulations to the Suns and bucks. And we'll get to the, the preview in a second, but I do want to ask your take, get your take, get your take Luke on what do you want the Clippers to do this off season? I wanted to talk a little bit about that. This is a tough one for me because I felt like if everyone had stayed healthy, like they were supposed to just, I mean, it's supposed to, whatever, like they could have, whatever, however you want to word it, um, that we would have gotten Clippers Lakers for the conference finals. Yep. Is, is what would have happened. That's, that's how it felt to me is, is that that's what, that's where we would have ended up. So then we could see kind of the, the ceilings of these teams 
and then you know where you need to go, right? Once once you've seen the team will not get better than this, we're we're good to go. Now the the I don't know if it's a hot take or whatever they're saying, but these media outlets are saying, well, Paul George just made himself worth worthwhile again. He just made his value increase. So they should trade him, try to get Willard, try to get something like that because they play the same position. It took them seven games to beat Luca. They really were just fortunate to be where they were. They went to, when in reality, as someone who watched the games, any team can beat anyone on any given night when they make shots. The Mavericks shot 70% from three in those games where they won for the longest time. I don't know how it was, it was three games. Yeah. They could have been, they would have been anyone doing that. Right. So that's it. That had nothing to do. And then PG and Kawhi were playing awesome together literally the whole year. Most of last year, they looked great when they actually got to play. But Paul was out with his shoulder deal last year before the for most of the year. And then Kawhi got hurt. And then Kawhi got hurt this year. He got hit in the face. He missed some games. He had to, his mouth. He's there. They were in, they're constantly in and out. It's like, well, at some point, that's just who they are. Okay. But I just watched, I just watched Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play really good together. And I honestly feel like that team would have won in five games against the Suns with a healthy Kawhi. That's how I feel. I don't, I have no, I can't back that up, but that's how I feel based off what I watched. I, I, and the arguments, well, Paul went to play it as good. I disagree. He was awesome when Kawhi was on the floor this postseason. That's, I don't, I don't care what the shooting numbers tell you. They were playing great together. Um, so now it's like, well, you didn't make it. What do you do differently? Well, right. we're going to add the, one of the top five players in the NBA to our team. So that's a good place to start. Right. Um, Hopefully Ibaka's healthy next year. If Ibaka comes back, he's getting old. But if we had a stretch five on the floor, again, it's every team can probably say this though, right? Because who knows what would have happened if it was healthy Clippers or Lakers against healthy Nets. We would, this whole Chris Paul, Suns finally getting to the final, like this whole thing might be thrown out the window. So this, this postseason, because the, the postseason has been more nuts than any of them, it almost feels like it's the hardest one to gauge what every team needs to do mm-hmm. because they're all adding, or most of them are adding their stars back healthy. So how do you, how do you just be like, well, if only we could add some talent here and here. Well, you're going to add your best or second best player, most of most of your teams. So right. I, I feel like Terrence Mann is going to take another step forward in the offseason, the way it was going. Reggie is going to have a choice to make mm-hmm. whether he wants to go and get paid the big bucks. The Clippers can offer him, I think it's 10.1 million for two years. And then I think it goes a little, they can offer him a third year for something similar or something like that. Um, so he has already gotten his big payday. He already got his max contract with Detroit before. Yeah, right? Don't remind that, me. Right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I apologize, but he's already done that. So he's made like 90 something million dollars in his NBA career, I don't think he necessarily, I don't know if he even wants to leave. I don't, I don't think he would based off the interview he gave and he right. was in tears and he said something good about literally every player on the roster. It was really cool. Um, but Toom seems pretty happy that I, they, they might, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but just with what I watched, why do these guys that are on the team, why are they still playing? Are they, are they to the point where they're trying to get paid? No, Batum got paid, Reggie got paid, Baca's been paid. All these guys have made money, right? Mm-hmm. So their best case scenario is to try to win a championship. I don't get how you'd look at the team you're just on right there and be like, 
no, I think I need to go elsewhere. I, I just feel like each of those guys is probably willing to take a little bit less money to have a chance to win at this point in their career. So I think the team will mostly be back. I don't, and I, if you're looking for something we need to add, a Kyle Lowry, some, if we're going to go big with the point guard or something, we could use a point guard just to take the load off of our, our two wing players. But the, the thing is, once the playoffs roll around, you want the ball in your best player's hands. You don't want it in a, a guy who's going to run the show. I mean, it, it was pretty obvious. I know you, it was a rough, rough go for playoff Rondo this year. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? This is jabbing me. I apologize. But um, the the Clippers were clearly better just letting Kawhi and Paul George go. Like, hey, you guys are, you got us here. Keep doing it. And that's where Lou Williams last year, you would sub Kawhi and Paul George out and it would sub in Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and then it was well you guys now run the offense and it was very disjointed and I know we got up 3-1 doing that but it stopped working <laughs> so yeah largely um, too you couldn't play defense with Harold on the floor well right and there's a lot of other things to go yeah, with that, yeah. but but I mean all things considered I don't what was missing from the Clippers that would kept them from the finals this year their best player being on the floor they were two games away from the finals without their best player that kind of makes you think there's not a whole lot you need, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So doesn't so I think Ibaka has that player option, right? So he can either. Right. But it sounds like if he had back surgery, I would guess that he's going to grab it because I don't know like how teams are going to view him um, off of back surgery. And he came to play with Kawhi, right? Why he's on the Clippers and Kawhi right. is going to re up. That's he chose the Lakers. He chose to not to go to the Lakers. He chose to go to the Clippers. And he wants to be in L.A. That's, right. So that's where he's going to stay. They're like, oh, yeah. but Miami and this, this. No, he could have gone there. He chose not to already. Why would he move again away from his family? And he's like, I want to go play with my family. Like, it just, yeah. No, he, was, he so, wasn't even on the bench because he was with his family up in the box. <laughs> so why yeah. would he leave them to go? It just doesn't make any sense. Right, right. And then the Reggie Jackson thing, it'd be just interesting to see what other teams are willing to offer him because I could see him, because like you said, after his, uh, post-game interview he seemed really content being where he was and if let's say the Knicks come along and they offer him 15 million a year for three years you know don't you think that he'd rather be like well actually I could get 10 for two years stay play with my best friend in an environment that I really appreciate Uh, so it really just depends what his market is uh, how much money he'd have to give up but I could see him him signing that you know, mid-level exception. Um, the Batoon, the Batoon, Batoon's going to be interesting. That's the one that I'm kind of curious about because he he's not under contract, right? He was a buyout guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember. Well, we had him all year. I'm trying to remember because the, the, the Hornets bought him out and then the Clippers, I think, signed him for the minimum. Okay. I'd have to go and check. I'd have to, I'd have to go and look, but I'm pretty sure he was playing on a vet minimum contract all year. Yeah. And it was just hilarious that this guy was considered washed in Charlotte. And he was literally the jackknife, jack of all trades guy who did one, one game he'd make six threes and the next game he'd have four blocks in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Like, it was like, how was this guy just sitting there for anyone to pick up? 
And then the other the other thing is you'd have Rondo. He's he's going to probably come back because he's on he's got a player option, but I think it was like fifteen million or something like that. And I don't think he's getting anything anywhere else more than he that. might have so. been a sleeper agent for LeBron the whole time. I'm nah. I stand by that. You, he you, made just enough shots to to argue that you that he was trying to help the Clippers win, but then he threw enough passes out of bounds and directly into the wrong place at the very inhuman. The Clippers had zero turnovers. He'd come in and turn over two straight possessions and then sub out. Like I, 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 don't, I I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm on the camp that he was with the second unit and him and DeMarcus cousins and Patrick Beverly should have been on the floor together. I still didn't like the post-ups of DeMarcus cousins. Um, I mean, when you do it three times straight down court, once in a great while, fine, throw him a bone. But the, the, when they, there was a half like where he had 12 points and it wasn't like they post him up every time they posted him up. They had him, you know, pick and rolling. And then they, he hit a three because he could pick and pop. And then they come out in the third quarter and they did three when him and Rondo came out, they did three straight passes down low to cousins and he missed all three of them. Now, was he fouled a couple of times? Maybe, but like he didn't get the call. So it doesn't matter. It slows down the offense. I think with Rondo, Maybe an offseason with him might benefit him. I, I think sometimes we overhype mid-season acquisition. I mean, look at uh, Vucevic for the Bulls. I thought they were going to make the playoffs after he got him. And then I realized, hey, it's really hard to add a player in the middle of a season and him to like get with that crew with the offensive system and stuff. So may- maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see if he's a sleeper agent moving forward next year or whatever, but I would love for them to come back. Worst case scenario, which I don't think is going to happen, happen will not happen is Kawhi leaving. Right. But if he does leave, it's going to be probably a sign and trade somewhere. So you'll at least get assets back in some way. Uh, I'm not to- even, I'm not even considering that. It's just not, he chose to go to the Clippers. It makes, he needs to opt out of his remaining year. Mm-hmm. or whatever it is whatever he's got to opt he needs to opt out of that and then re-sign another deal right because any player in his spot you need to keep getting you need to re- keep getting their money as much as much of a guarantee as you possibly can it's just what you do so when he opts out i'm sure espn will be all over and be like all right he didn't he didn't stick around for that where's he going he's looking for another deal paul george just got five years or four years whatever it was tacked on to his deal at the start of this last season that's that's what Kawhi is going to want, and that's what the Clippers are going to give him, and that is what he is going to take. Mm-hmm. And it would take some insanely drastic thing, like Luka Doncic becoming available for something, to, for something to to change what the Clippers are going to do. Right. So I agree. I agree. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, I, and even trading Paul George, I don't see why they would do that. It'd be silly. So I think they'll come back and try to retool. I would say a positive thing is they, you know, I don't want them to like trade Terrence Mann or Marcus Morris or these guys, but you could argue that their trade value has gone up over the play playoffs. Not that you're looking for that. You probably would rather have them have that chemistry and come back, you know, and, and play another full year together. But the trade value of some of these players has gone up because of the playoffs. So that, that's the argument. That's the argument for, for trading PG. That's the argument for trading man. That's the argument for trading uh, Morris right now because Morris shot 47% from three during the year, and then he wasn't all that great most of the postseason. 
in my opinion, that's why you hang on to all those guys because your shooting, your shooting maybe wasn't that great, but you still show that these are all fighters. These yep. are guys who, who don't fold, who have rose to the occasion repeatedly. And that's what you want in the playoffs. You want guys who aren't phased by things going south, that guys that like playing with each other. That was, I think, the most that that was the biggest change just from a body language perspective was that when things started to go bad it looked like the focus never shifted from what was going on on the floor to this it was always this team is focused on getting back in this game what are we going to do to get in this game no one no one ever looked like they didn't get along like they weren't on the same page they weren't it all, it seemed, it felt more like a team that like a, like a, a team that had been together for a while, which is funny because they haven't. Whereas last year you could tell the team had just been thrown together and right. you can, I, I could argue that that's because Harold was a sleeper agent for LeBron the whole time last year. But the, the, the point is when you have that group of guys, the last thing you want to do is, is split any of them up. They, they, they they fought as hard as they could. They made it farther than they should have. Very, I mean, that's two games from the finals with the injuries they had. That's pro- props. I know we're talking a lot about my Clippers, but yeah, we'll we'll move on. But yeah, I just wanted to get your offseason take. So our take is stay together, Clippers. Stay together. Uh, I'm proud of you, PG. You're my guy. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Okay, let's go to the finals preview, Luke. Uh, we have the Bucks. Bucks and four. Bucks and four, get rid of the flopper. Get, get Chris Paul out of there. He's going to fall over if you breathe on him. Get him out of there. I hope Giannis dunks on him. I hope Giannis is fine and dunks over. I hope everyone dunks on him. I want Connaughton to dunk on him. <laughs> okay. So do you really have Bucks and four, or are you just uh, you just Chris Paul hate there? I don't know if I sent it. I sent this to you, the, the hashtag CP flop three times. CP fought three times was going around amongst the lake. Oh yeah, you did. you did. You did. Send you did. Yeah. You don't call them CP three. It's just CP fought three times. Um, anyways. Uh, no, I don't have bucks in four. I have, what do I have? It's, it's still two, two, one, 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 right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'll, the safe thing is bucks in six. That's the safe one. That's a safe one. If I lean with my actual heart on this one, if Giannis plays, I'm again, I'm, I'm going that Giannis is superhuman. His, his leg, his knee bent like he's a flamingo. Yeah. That's what I thought too. That, like a horse was, or whatever. Yeah. That was the worst hyperextension I have seen where it's just a hyperextension. Right. I, I, I cannot believe that something structural, something very significant didn't just, go it kind of just further proves that he is an absolute freak of nature and there is he is a different species than the rest of us him lebron (laughs) there's a handful of them there's not human um yep so if Giannis is healthy and somehow plays in all of these games i'm leaning bucks in five okay since i don't think Giannis will be healthy all these games i'm gonna go bucks in six and if Giannis does not play at all i don't think the bucks will win that's I don't think that's much of a, of a I don't think that's much of a reach I think that's pretty fair but I, again it's I can't predict the health of the players but um, I'm gonna go bucks in six because I think Giannis will be back okay I like it um it, quick question would you say that Brooke Lopez is 
the most interesting challenge that Aiton has gone up against in the playoffs so far? I will say no to that. Oh, you went up against no Jokic, right? You went up against I, Jokic. I think Aiton has. Right. I think Aiton has played. Hot take, I guess, for you. I think this is going to be the easiest matchup that Aiton has had the whole postseason. Oh, really? That is hot I take. Think, I think Aiton was concerned about guarding LeBron on switches and things in the round, first round, which is very tough to put a big guy in that spot. And I know it didn't end up being that, but I think he had to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I, and he didn't. He he was aware of that at times. And I didn't watch that series, admittedly. I think we talked about much at all. But um, then he had Jokic, which is a much tougher cover. Yeah. And then against the Clippers, they kept throwing different things at him. And Toronto Wu is twice the coach that Budenholzer is. So I think this will be the easiest matchup for Aiden because Lopez is not a guy who fights down low much. He's not going to be super ridiculously physical. Aiden can make a mid-range jump shot. Lopez can shoot a three, but Aiden has, he, he had, he knows what it's like to get pulled out of the lane. The Clippers started no center for the last two games. So right. it's not like he doesn't know how to leave the, the, the post area. I actually think Aiden's going to have a field day with, with Lopez. That's, okay. that's what I think is going to happen personally. Okay. I thought it would be a little bit more unique because, um, so, like, Jokic has the ball all the time, right? Um, and, and Lopez is mainly in the corner when Giannis is healthy. Um, and it's, it's a little different because you're, you got to protect the paint, and yet you got to guard this seven-foot guy out in the corner that can catch and shoot. Uh, but I would agree with you on the fact that I do not think physically – Lopez can can handle Aiden. I'm kind of interested in that matchup just to see how it goes. It, it, it Lopez is sort of like a afterthought where you know like Jokic isn't, so you know he knows what he's getting with Jokic. So I'm just kind of wondering how that series that will go. Uh, he's not a rebounder. Yeah, he's not. Lopez, Lopez isn't a rebounder. Aiden is. Yeah, I I actually feel like it's it's more concerning for Milwaukee on that. So now can Kid Lopez come in there and make a bunch of threes? He's capable. Yeah, he could do that, and he could it could put the Suns in a spot where they need to almost get Aiden off the floor because he's not fast enough to get out of there if Giannis yeah. is able to get room and then you know Lopez is open. I'm not saying that that's that's not a possibility. I just don't think that's going to be a result of saying Aiden needed to be able to step to the step up to the challenge. I don't think that's it. I think it's just he's this type of a player it's possible the game could go away where you don't need the center on the floor and then Monty Williams maybe would have to consider going smaller unlike what's his name in in Utah who just let Gobert be stuck trying to guard the rim and then also get out on a Terrence Mann corner three yeah I would say that the the difference though I feel like Aiton's more athletic than Gobert, so he'd be able to get the PJ Tucker. As I love PJ Tucker, he added something to the Bucks this year. But his three-point shot is sort of like Jay Crowder's, where like either he's hitting everything or he's hitting nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it, it might be interesting if the Bucks go small, if Giannis is healthy at the center with PJ at the four, they would probably put Aiton on pj tucker so that he could help with the rim so this this might come down to where like pj tucker's the x factor in some of these games where if he's making his shots the bucks win and if he's not the bucks are gonna lose you know it may come that simple i'm with you though i had the bucks in six um if Giannis is is healthy 
after game one, well, I'll just say Bucks and six regardless. Um, I, I just feel like True Holiday is a defensive nightmare for whoever's handling the ball, whether it's campaign or Chris Paul. Uh, I will say I have turned, I haven't, I think I still think Chris Paul's a great player. I think he's a bad competitor. There's a difference. I got to tell you this story real quick. You'll appreciate it. I was watching it with my father-in-law. My father-in-law is uh, a, a game. I think it was a box game. Um, where, but he's, he's not a basketball watcher. He's like the most casualist of casual fans. Like, I think this might be the first game in the playoffs that he actually watched. And I was explaining flopping to him and he's like, Oh, isn't that cheating? And I'm like, uh, well, yeah, kind of, because you're, you're doing it. But he's like, see, that's why I can't watch basketball is because people always are trying to cheat to win instead of just win the right way. And I immediately thought of you with the whole Chris Paul thing where like there was moments in that series, the last series where he would throw his legs out or like that Beverly flagrant foul where he jumps back into Beverly and kicks his legs out. And then he gets the benefit of the whistle there because Beverly is trying to run over, uh, you know, over the screen and it just backfired. So I have got a flagrant foul called. I'm interrupting. I'm sorry. They call it flagrant foul because he fought through a screen. Yeah. They called that unnecessary contact because he fought through a screen that's unnecessary contact. Paul gets elbowed in the face the next time, like two more times down. They're like, no, it's not flagrant. No. It's like, look, I I don't think we're not gauging intent at this point because that's that's just that's not how it's going. But um, the the thing that was more frustrating for me the whole series is that we we have a tendency to apparently put chris paul up here because of how good he spent his whole career yet him and beverly are like the same player when it comes to antics they're the same player and we all hate patrick beverly we all do he's the worst right he's this chris paul's the same player yeah with as far as how he plays Mm -hmm. with that whole side of things and and then it's it's not of course they're not the same level of talent i'm just saying that the way they play they're trying to find loopholes in the refereeing system yeah like guys play basketball but right. he's not even a bad player he's a good defender mm-hmm. we you saw that he's a good defender he can make plays at the rim he's a good three-point shooter do what you're good at and stop doing all the stupid stuff that makes us not like you well chris paul's the same way but we just ignore it we I don't, but we do because we're told that Chris Paul is the point God and he's this and this and this and he's yada, yada. When he's literally pulling guys down and flailing his arms and trying to draw foul, foul calls, he threw his legs out on five separate three-point shots in that one game. Mm-hmm. Five times. I'll give one credit to the, yeah, I'll give, I'll give credits to the ref a little bit because oh, they sure. caught on. They caught on quick. There was one play... I'd say the difference real quick between Beverly and Chris Paul, Beverly, I think people, the reason why people don't like him is his chirping a lot. Like his chirping oh, completely. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Chris Paul's the same way with his chirping. I don't like when, when Beverly was shooting and going to the basket, I never thought once that he was trying to draw fouls. Like he was foul baiting. 
Chris Paul, Paul, Paul Bates. There was this play with DeMarcus Cousins when he came up on him, he put his hand in his face. And when he was going down, he like grabbed DeMarcus Cousins' arm to look like that, like he was being pushed down by Cousins' arm and he got the foul call for it. And I'm yeah. just like, you got to get that out of the game. Yeah. So if I had to summarize Chris Paul after watching this series as closely, and I've watched Chris Paul before, I guess I've never watched him in this way. He's a great player, a bad competitor. That's how I would describe him. He's a great player, bad competitor, because I just don't agree with like, if, if you, I loved what you said last podcast, if you'd be playing a pickup game with this guy game with this guy, and like it's either not part of the rules or you can't it like and annoy you. Why would we want to watch it on on the court? And that's sort of what it is with Chris Paul. It's to the point where if he was doing that stuff in your pickup game, the other nine guys on the floor are like, I don't want to play basketball with that guy. Right. Like, and the thing that's frustrating is he's good enough to not do any of that garbage. I know. I know. He's good. He's good enough. I want. I liked him. I told you. I've liked him. I have his shoes. I like the guy. He's he's awesome with the dribble moves and the the mid range game. And is, I'm I'm he has fantastic. It's like well, he's getting older, so he has to try to trick the refs now. That's an ex- you're making up an excuse for a guy who's playing in a way that just it's it's unwatchable. It makes me not want to watch him. I need the Bucks to beat him. Yeah. Because I can't have the champion be a guy who's intentionally going down the lane looking for ways to fall over and draw and get and and it's just awful it's everything we don't like about james harden but for some reason we're trying to reward chris paul fifth in mvp voting i I can't i can't ryan i can't i think i think part of that though is is um the reason why it's sort of like he got grandfathered in a little bit like i'm not saying that it's it's right what i'm saying is he's been in the league so long and people had such an appreciation for him for so long that they're willing to make these uh, exclusions for him or give him these excuses where they don't like you mentioned like uh, James Harden, like you don't want to give that to James Harden. I would say that would probably might be the reason why people excuse it, but I agree with you. I just, I couldn't handle it. And to say it's okay. He's older. So he has to basically cheat to win. Like you said, if we were playing a pickup game, peop, that that pickup game would end very quickly. Like nobody would want to play with that guy. So uh, especially on the other team, you know, I, I'm sure both teams would be like, yeah, that guy's not playing next time. Uh, he would no longer get an invite to the basketball <laughs> league after yeah. after that game. And, and you mentioned something about the refs. And I know we always point out how bad they are when they make the wrong call. It's an impo- it's a thankless job. Oh, for no sure. No matter what, it's wrong. No, you always, I will say props to the refs in this series for the most part, as far as the Clippers Sun series goes, mm-hmm. were there calls that I freaked out about? Of course, they're, they're always, always. I'm, I'm, that's just how it is, right. but they let them play. Yeah. They, they, they let them play. That's the way playoff basketball is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, he gave me a little bit of a forearm man up. It's the playoffs. And that's, that's pretty much how the whole series was on both ends of the ball, yep. which is why the shooting percentages, I mean, Booker did not shoot well, Paul did not shoot well, these guys, but that's how it's supposed to be in the playoffs. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be, we're not here to watch ticky tacks and whatever. And people are like, well, they call fouls in regular season. They don't call in the playoffs. It's literally a different game. It is what they are playing infinitely harder 
yeah. in the playoffs. And to, to be able, if the refs are going to call contact and every, or call out everything, we'd be here all day. And I thought that they did. I thought that was maybe the best ref or refing job overall that I can remember seeing when it comes to Beverly is doing this. It's a technical agreed uh, Crowder hit Paul George in the face for no reason. That's a flagrant. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this guy went into that. I thought they did all the right stuff. I thought they stopped the game when they were supposed to, I thought it was done pretty well. And for someone like myself who normally is complaining about the superstar calls and this and yada, yada, yada. I, I thought the refs did their jobs pretty much the whole playoffs. Did the one ball go off that guy's hand? Sure. Am I mad that the one got reviewed and the one didn't? Yeah. But again, there are things that you can't blame the refs when your guy misses two free throws and you can't stop playing alley-oop. I mean, come, right. like in the, in the one other game, like, come on, you can, there's little things in each game you can always point at. Don't be down in the first place. But yeah, yeah props, the, props to the refs in that yeah. series. I didn't watch close enough, I guess, to the other series. But yeah, no, no, I, I feel I feel like they're doing like I feel like the refs are being good and fair. And, and there was a one play even the Milwaukee Hawks game where Gallinari like pretended to get shoved on defense and he allowed an open three because of it. And this it was similar to that Chris Paul one where Paul George like you know used his body to get separation, and then Chris Paul went flying. Remember, and oh, he, yeah. then he hit a three. Like they didn't call it my then, and they play didn't... maybe of the last like fifteen years. Of basketball. Yeah, continue. Yeah, <laughs> but, but my point, my point is they they didn't buy the flopping. Um, I still think personally, like if you catch a guy flopping, you suspend him for a game, and then yeah. they won't flop anymore. I promise you, players will not flop if you keep suspending them for flopping, um, and, and then you make the refs' job a lot easier. Um, but anyway, to get back to the series. Anything to add real quick or or is that good? Anything what? Anything to add like on that? No, I would just, I would just add that in, in basketball, you play, you play basketball. I play basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, When you get contact, you could argue that something is not necessarily a flop, but you can just kind of choose to be off balance and let that, that's what, that's very tough to officiate. And I thought that's what they did well. Yeah, there are plays when when a guy's out of control coming at you and you let him run into you and fall over. That's a charge. That guy Mm -hmm. was out of control. But I thought for the most part, they didn't reward players who were choosing to let the contact kind of, oh, I'm moving this way. I'm just going to stop trying to hold my ground. And it was to the point where it, it made them stay because if you just put it, your base defensively, you just put your feet on the ground and don't let the guy, you, you get hit all the time. Just right. Stay, yeah, just exactly. stay standing up. You're not a, these guys are NBA basketball players. They're not wusses. They're not going to just fall over when they get hit. So I thought that that was being officiated. Well, I'm curious if it's going to keep being like that in the finals. Cause Giannis is a unique case where mm-hmm. most, I, I would imagine, I'm just guessing, but I would imagine he had more offensive foul calls than defensive foul calls this year. Is what I would guess. I bet you that's very rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that, it'll be interesting to see how they officiate him. And it's it's to the point where Chris Paul gets switched on to a big guy and they wouldn't let the big guy go because they just know that Chris Paul is going to try to draw a charge. And yeah. that should never be the case. It's supposed to be a disadvantage for being a tiny little guy trying to guard the post. And so the point now where the little guy can fall over and they give it to him. Right. And I thought that wasn't happening. In, in that series at least much right so, so hopefully they keep, yeah i was gonna say hopefully they keep that up but uh just to get back to our preview 
uh, Middleton has been amazing in spurts. I want to give him props. Yeah. 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 Like when he gets, when he gets that shot, you know, falling, it's amazing to watch. Like, it seems like every time he shoots, it's going to go in after that. And then true, uh, uh, Drew holiday, um, has, has found his rhythm as well. So bucks and six seems like the right answer. Um, if, if Giannis is healthy. Yeah. Middleton is, the it's almost like he has known or figured out or maybe even maybe this is common knowledge i don't follow the bucks that closely um middleton knows it seems like he knows since he's adding an athletic disadvantage to a lot of the other all-stars i mean he was an all-star right but he you wouldn't if you were to list most athletic players in the league Mm -hmm. probably list a whole bunch of them before you get to chris middleton he knows how to get space just enough to get his shot off. Like he's yeah. very good at that. Like he, he can do a one dribble thing. He can, when he turns, when he does in the triple threat, like he is good at just getting that room for his shot. The problem is he doesn't score at the rim. He doesn't put the ball on the floor. Like when you're watching Paul George in these playoffs, because they would are, you know, Milton's a wing. He's basically in the Paul George role on the Bucks team, he just isn't the same level of ball handler or finisher at the rim. He, you don't see him glide through the paint and put up a contested floating layup thing over the defense. Like that's just not, he doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. So when his jumper is not going in, it's almost like he needs to keep shooting until his jumper is going in and then he's fine. Yeah. So he'll start a game and he's six for eight and he'll finish that game. 12 of 17 it's like wow that's pretty awesome but then he'll start a game two of 11 and then he'll keep shooting his way until he's you know seven of 26 or seven of 25 like he'll eventually start making them because his game is entirely jump shots right he's a really good jump shooter right. he's an awesome jump shooter he can make them from anywhere he can he's got the short ones he's got the mid-range he's got the he's got all of the jumpers yep it'll be interesting to see if holiday can continue to be that, that third guy, because once he is scoring, that opens up Middleton to kind of have that room that he needs to be able to just that extra little bit of space that kind of helps him get his, his, his range or whatever you want, his feel rhythm, whatever, whatever the term is you want to use. Sure. Um, Once, once that is working, the offense has room. Yeah. And it looks good and it flows and the ball's moving and the bucks look like they can beat anyone. Right. When that's not the case, it is the most hideous display of offensive basketball. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh, it, it is. is. It is all kinds of terrible. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. The bucks have to move the ball. That's what's going to really help them out. And like you said, if, if Drew has his shot going, obviously that's going to be a positive, but like when their offense has sputtered out in the playoffs, it's all been one-on-one stuff. And that's, yeah. and then and it's just awful. So yeah, move the ball um, for the Suns, It's the same. They got to get their guys going. Booker has to be, you know, Devin Booker, you know, Paul has to pick his spots, the corner three pointers, whether it's campaign, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, they have to hit their shots, you know, like in the corners because they probably will get some open looks, especially if Lopez is on the court because, you know, he doesn't really go out to the three point line all the time. Um, do you have an X factor for each team? 
I probably should, but <laughs> I, I feel like Aiton is going to be the reason that the Suns either win or they don't. That's how that's how I feel. But if you that's if they want to call him an if they, if that's an X factor, I guess I feel I like you know so. what, you know what you get with Booker. Mm-hmm. You know what you get with Chris Paul generally. I mean, he just went off for forty. We didn't even go into detail on that, but I mean, all those most of those were all at the end of the game. Um, he's he'll get you you know twenty and twenty and ten ish yeah. if he's if he's playing his you know you expect that out of Chris Paul. I, you could say like it could come down to like corner threes with Crowder and and Tucker. You could say those things, but I still think you you expect about. 30 to 40% of those to go in if they're open. Yeah. It's just, so I don't think that any of that, but I feel like Aiton has the capability of being like a 20 and 15 guy in the series. Like, I feel like he's capable of that. So if he does that, I think the Suns have a good chance. I'll say that. But then, you know, when it comes to the Bucks, if you want to call it an X factor, I think it's just Giannis's health. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it matters who the guy is outside of Giannis that that's steps up. Um, if Giannis is there, I fully expect Middleton and holiday to continue what they've been doing these last few games. And they've looked better. I fully expect that. I just, I do. I, I, they're, they're holidays too good of a player. He already got all his junk games out and Middleton's just, you're, he's a streaky shooter. And if you have the consistency of Giannis to kind of counteract Middleton's either hot or coldness. Yep. And then it's holidays there to play defense on Chris Paul. He's the perfect guy to guard Chris Paul. You can switch on to Booker guard him just fine. Yep. Bridges is a very good defender, which could be tough for Milwaukee, but I still, I think it's, I think maybe just the X factor as a whole is eight. And, and then if Giannis is healthy, I just don't think it matters, but. I guess, okay. does that answer the question? Yeah, very good. That's cool, awesome. Cool I like Aiden. Yeah, I like that as an X factor. Uh, I think with, with PJ Tucker and Jay Crowder, you you almost get what you get at this point. So it's hard to say they're X factors, right? right. Because, that, that's because what I was getting at. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, if they make their shots, they the, the team is more likely going to win. But that's what you get with those two type of guys. Yeah, I like I like the Aiden and then um, the health. He's got this, his mid-range game. I always knew he had, I've watched him. He's a, a capable mid-range jump shooter, but he runs to the rim and has really good hands, like really good hands. And right. Chris Paul is good at, I mean, that's what he does. He's a point. Right. He's a legitimate good point guard who can get a, a ball through there and find him. And, and he's a really skilled offensive player. And I know that the, the, the Clippers didn't really have a big guy that could slow him down, but I also don't think the Bucks do either. I mean, if they go, I'd be interested to see if they go small, if Giannis is healthy because Giannis could is athletic enough and big enough to, to, to get a, you know, like that matchup might be interesting with him defending eight because that's where you would put, that could be, that could be fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, That, 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 that's what I, I almost think the Bucks will end up doing because it doesn't, I think you, you nailed it on the head. Like Lopez might, you know, like, I think wasn't last series. He only played like 20 minutes a game for a couple of games before Giannis got injured. I was too it, concerned about my team not being healthy. But I, I, that sounds right, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, it's almost like it's best when Giannis is out there. 
to have Tucker out there at the four and Lopez sitting, just go with that matchup, that physicalness against Aiton, especially in crunch time, we might get that. That'd be really cool to see. Not only on the Giannis part, but even Aiton, like would they put Aiton on Giannis or, you know, like what would they do in that case? That'd be kind of fun to watch. Uh, Another big X factor we'll just quickly mention is the coaching X factor. Uh, I would say that the, the coaching card goes to the Suns because Bud's Bud. Uh, but if Bud can keep that ball moving, if he can convince those guys to keep the ball moving, that's all they need to do uh, to win, I think, is, is just keep that ball moving. So Perhaps Budenholzer was just waiting all this time to unleash his master plan once he got to the finals. The, the whole point was to make it seem like he didn't know what he was doing until no. right, until right now, exactly. Although I, I'm told, I didn't watch that closely, but I'm told, based off of in just general things I hear that apparently Budenholzer did a much better job in the conference finals. That's what I was told from a coaching standpoint. I don't know if that's true, but that's, that's what the local radio when I was driving work the other day seemed to think. And that's kind of the general consensus I was getting from, from Reddit, my NBA Reddit deal I was checking out. I just, I just feel like it's almost too based off of results. Like you don't, they don't have their best defender on the court and Hunter he's injured Trey young on his ankle and not you know not Trey Young anymore it's almost like oh they beat the Hawks really good the last two games so he's pushing all the right buttons and they move the ball well it's like well it it kind of had it easy to push all the right buttons like you know it, I, I don't know it, it could have been good coaching I, I actually more credit the players uh, like Middleton making those shots when he, you know, like the, I think it was the third quarter last game when he was just on fire and he couldn't miss. It's like, there were some t- shots he made that were really difficult. I don't think that's like good coaching. That's just like what players do eventually. Yeah. Like and, I, I, and they're saying, well, when Giannis went down, the ball movement got better and yada, yada. Well, yeah, because these are guys who are not offensive forces to the point that they're going to try to take over. So the ball's always going to move better. I, I liken it more, more though to like, um, you know, Giannis is your Ferrari. And if you can't figure out how to make your offense work, it's like, you're not capable of, you're, you're not a good enough driver to drive a Ferrari. Like you're better <laughs> off with like a Camry. Right, <laughs> like, sure. That means that doesn't say, that doesn't mean the Camry's better than the Ferrari. It means you're not a good enough driver to drive the Ferrari. That's like how I feel with Budenholzer. Like if you can't figure out how to use Giannis, it's not that your team is better when he's not there. It's that you don't know how to coach someone that's that good. That's on you. Like that's, right. That's, that's how I view that. So if that's indeed the case, I don't know. People were saying that, but maybe that maybe you're, I didn't watch super close again. I've been, I would, I would dispute I've been, it. I've been in a state of de- a depressive state. since. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would dispute it a little bit just because it's like, no, if you remember like in the net series or even in the, who did they play the first man, not Boston, Miami, Miami when they moved the ball, even with the honest on the court, they were good. I, 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 I don't, he was already checked out by the time the play right. started for some reason, but, but yes. yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying though. Like, it's yeah. just like, yeah. I think that you could say that about any team, but the coaches get the players to move the ball. And what happened, especially in the net series, when they had these dull moments was because the ball would just not move. And that's on a coach to get the ball moving and, you know, get those players to move the ball. But, 
Anyway, so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see in the series. We will see. Yeah. So we both we both have the Suns in six. Uh, That's all we got for today, Luke. Thanks for joining me. Six. We have the Suns not in six. Oh, the Bucks in six. Yeah. Really excited. Um, I got we we both have the Bucks in six because we are not big time uh, guessers. Which just so we're clear though, I want Bucks in four. Get Chris Paul out of there. I can't take the flopping. I just can't. I can't. Please. Please get him out of there. Please okay. no. Okay, you hear that NBA? Get Chris Paul out of there. Okay. Please. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, Luke, for joining me again. It's a thing, my friend. And thank you, all you who have uh, listened to my show here on Nutty Buddy Sports. Special thanks to Luke again for joining me throughout the playoffs. We'll have him on again before football season, I'm sure. Maybe we'll recap the finals. We'll see what happens. Um, if you'd like... Um, to follow me on Instagram, please do. It's at nuttybuddy underscore sports. And I also have an entertainment podcast, so you can follow me on nuttybuddy underscore entertainment as well. And all I do there is just mention when I drop podcasts, um, whether it's sports or entertainment related. Uh, thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you guys later.